Hello and welcome to Angora Poets on this uh, Sunday in Paris and elsewhere in the world, hearing from poets from the four corners of our planet on this evening of July 24th, 2021. All right, we are Angora Poets and tonight we're going to start off with eight of us and maybe joined by more later. So I welcome you all to listen on YouTube and now we will begin live around it. Let's see, three continents tonight, and we shall begin in California, in Oakland, legendary Oakland, California, with a brother poet and, and publisher, Yusuf Alawi. Hello, Yusuf. Hi, I'm Yusuf Alawi. I'm in California, but I'm actually um, uh, on the coast in San Luis Obispo County, uh, right up against the ocean, and <clears throat> the temperature dropped here, uh, actually, in my house, and uh, because we're expecting a rainstorm. Any case, that's my preamble. Uh, so um, my public website is Yusef Alawi, Y-O-U-S-S-E-F-A-L-A-O-U-I, all one, dot info, Yusef Alawi dot info. Um, and I'm gonna read brief section from uh, science fiction uh, novella that I've written with the two main characters are, uh, non-gender specific. I think I'm coming to terms with living in between worlds as my friend has had to in the most serious way. Again, I'm near the end of the moist forgotten hallway. I quietly open the big yellow door, sit down and slide a bag with my foot into the corner of the room where I believe the creature to be bound, they begin right away. Have you ever thought about the depth of it all, the complexity, as if we are in Plato's cave of shadows where all light is information? Light is a symbol for strength, depth, tolerance, perseverance. Light wraps us and passes through us constantly. Our shadow is not void of light, but rather light filtered by the body, light is always touching us. I mean to say that light is information and information is not necessarily data, but let us imagine that we are composed of data and that life, our life in this domain that we currently share is software, an operating system. We're not exactly hardware, but really only condensed kernels of software. And we're not physical bodies, but we are mind bodies. As illusory as shadows broadcast on the cave wall, and the light pours over us and through us and you and me. And yes, if you'll notice, we are in a cave now, a cube, and yet it is the will of light to touch us because that is its sole function. And the program, the web work, the ether, the underlayment is so intricate, so encompassing that it has its own muse-like spirit. And light has included the chance for you to find me here, left starving between the walls of this basement inverted tower, this knobby mushroom stem, where light finds us and passes through us only to find itself again on the walls behind us, filling our shadows, but it cannot do so fully. And so we blast the shadows, proving our dense programming. If we were built to defy the will of light, then whose higher will do we embody? Do we impede rather alter the flow of, nat of the natural course of all matter that surrounds us? Could it be because we're, we were once one single body no, you and I are two, and we cast independent shadows, but who or what is the programmer 
And what if the software engineers itself as surely as a snowball gathers speed and size on its own, rolling downhill, summoning an avalanche, a massive convoy of dense programming, destroying previously engineered programming with light caressing every part of the event, perhaps even learning from it. And this is the nature of the hypercube. It exists as pure information, shining and learning in five dimensions at once. The cycle cannot be unbroken. The shape cannot be fully perceived. It is impossible because we are so intricately involved, participating in its existence. We are not engineers. We are not authors. The cube needs no creator, no destroyer. Light flows freely wherever it goes, and it goes everywhere. So that's just hey, a all right. section. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let, applause meter. Hey, hey, hey. Mm -hmm. If I Thanks. thought I was uncertain about who I was before, now now I know I'm uncertain. Right. <laughs> to compliment what you just wrote. Okay, uh, so you have something else to follow. Well, I just this is called to the baths of Asahara. <clears throat> and the main character is Trikjazuli, which just means the it's like a street in Marrakesh. And so this is as if the street is a character in the poem, but is it's it's personified to the baths of Asahara. That's a real place. It's actually a, 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 a hammam and a spa in the souk of uh, the old uh, Medina of Marrakech. Your water starts to flow with the blood of a kill by lions in the high Atlas Mountains. Spanked into life from the grief of this kill, the brooding stream grows in force to invade the rocks above Urika, then cleaves its way to Marrakesh, scattering the land as it goes. Now it runs as it sprawls, wailing through the valley with the soul of beloved, destroying the desert, sprouting trees beside it, never believing its insides would soon spill to warm your back. Trik Zazuli, you count one misstep before falling into the fountain of Ben Sliman, daydreaming on the way to your bath, wondering if the mountain cats have survived. Here in the ochre city, they have shrunk, but are no less vicious. Rough-hewn, lithe spirits of freedom, they wander alleys and rooftops and tread the edges of walls, looking for prey, anything that moves like a bird. Trik, take care to watch the birds. They are quick and reasoned. In groups, they strafe the rooftops, tracing currents of consciousness in brush strokes. People flow through tributaries of the souk in covered pathways, clay and wooden capillaries, bearing grains, radishes, chickens, clotted with bulbous lamps. Here is where a mule treads on your back, Trik, worn three times, but you would not move. You were so entranced by the piles of meat. You saw them as an edible bestiary, then as young tagines, a menagerie of parts, legs that can't run, eyes that only stare, snouts pointing every which way. The baths of Asahara can't be far off. Rivers and blood, rivers of blood and money will guide you there, 
follow the smell of black soap and rose oil. Sunset reveals spouts of pink light above the clouds. They are stabbed by the Kutubia, a lone sword in the back of the city, guarding the dead, pointing at God. Evening calls to prayer fly from every angle, sung a hundred ways. The disparaging voices form a lake of song over the city. Couscous Palace, high above the alleys, has electric lights that will shock you if you touch them. Do not look for food there, Trik. And keep your precious body away from strange water. This is the last of your warnings. The dark djinn are starving, unknowing of themselves, clamoring for their reflection. A deep feud in a congress of clouds asserts the sky. You were born under such a thunderbolt, for collisions are the very source of life. Sky versus mountain, wind versus voice, fire versus clay, water versus rock, fang versus hide. This song versus your vision. Your bath will soon be ready. A young boy will help. You must wait for his call. Thank you. That's it. Thank, Thank you for you. your time. Collision, collisions are the source of life. That's yes, right. indeed. Put it just bluntly, very well. And that you personify the street. That you personify the street when so often we personify a river. So there right. you go, personifying a street. Very yes. nice. Thank you. Do you have do you have threes a charm for us, Yusuf? Oh, you're too kind. Really? Yes. You're like too a, kind. A, no, I'm just being <laughs> equanimous with everybody here. And so, would you absolutely? Like, would you like to read a third uh, a third piece of poem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for a nice little shortish one. It's your call. To, oh, you're too kind. So let me see here. Okay, well, here's it. I like this one. It's it's kind of fun. <clears throat> Shifting again, we're now in San Francisco and we're driving across the bridge in a drug-addled delirium and we're going up into the Berkeley Hills in the middle of the night, Wildcat Canyon. If anyone knows the Berkeley Hills, you would probably know Wildcat Canyon Road. And this is called Wildcat Canyon. Yeah, right on, bro. And maybe you've already heard this poem. Like a blotted circle in a crusty ashtray, the moon is out and we drive to chase it across the bridge and into the night. Roll down the window, I need to puke. I leave pink racing stripes down the side of your ripped up four-door. These drugs set my teeth on edge. I can hardly feel them. Your radio sucks like always. Can we listen to that old station from the 40s, not top 40? You say the 40s gives you the creeps, all whites. There's no one go. There's no going back there, man. No, I say, but the times we know better, but we don't know. You say we don't know any better than we did. And when I say we, I do not mean we, but I mean our country tis of them, not thee or me. It's their memory, even in the days of memory. They were remembering other memories and you speed up the curvy mountain road toward the clouds. Yes, now I just wish it would. 
rain like it did when we were young, when that storm asked to come in all night, but I was afraid to answer so alone after they cut my arm on the way home from school. And you sweep, swerve to avoid a deer with your headlights off. Stop the car, stop the car, I say, but you keep going and the mountain will never end. So I am going to build a fort back here and light a candle for me to stare at and close my eyes and hope my brain stops spinning as my breaths become lives and I become one with the speeding car and the night and through me these breaths pass and you aren't looking for the end of that crazy road wandering up to the sky in the deep of the dark not at all and I give up wanting I think of the lives I am breathing in and out of my fort of coats and dead bags taking account of the lungs this air has pass through in a day and I feel a state of grace swell within me, releasing all artificial guilt so meaningless. And at last you park the car by tugging the e-brake, cranking the wheel hard left, we slide in a spiral. I'm thrown against the door, losing more of that takeout dinner. When I realize your friends and family will leave you one by one until finally you die. You know that, right? Wow, and I want to I want to say this too. How about yourself tonight? Three three pieces that were on varied topics in varied language. There you go, there you go. That's an accomplishment in itself. Besides the quality of the work. So thank you. In there at that last poem place, there, Yusuf. <laughs> Physically and mentally. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a there's a picnic spot at, at kind of at the top, and. Uh, he just, yeah. he pulls like, I don't know if it's called a Brody or a Rockford, <laughs> where you just, you don't use your floor brake, you use the parking brake yeah. and rank. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. That was a very good way to start us off. And uh, now I'd like to move uh, over to uh, Paris with uh, one of our Angora regulars here that we affectionately call the judge. <laughs> Leave no doubt he has some opinions, and we like to hear them. And so he is Bill Strangmeyer. Welcome, Bill. Yeah, hi, Emo. Uh, I don't want to read anything of my own tonight. I want to read some poems that have meant something to me. Um, I'd like to start with uh, a poem by uh, the Iranian poet uh, Farooq Farooqzad. Uh, where did it go? Yeah, this is called, I will greet the sun again. I will greet the sun again. Greet, I will greet the sun again. Ah, my computer, sorry. Yeah, I will greet the sun again. I will greet the sun again, greet the stream that once flowed in me, the clouds that were my unfurling thoughts, the aching growth of the groves poplars who passed with me through seasons of drought. I will greet the flock of crows who gifted me the grove's night perfume and my mother who lived in the mirror and was my old age's reflection. Once more, I will greet the earth who in her lust to recreate me swells her flaming belly with green seeds. I will come, I will come, I will. My hair trailing deep soil scents, my eyes intimidating, my eyes intimate, 
intimating the dark's, the dark's density. I will come with a bouquet picked from shrubs on the other side of the wall. I will come, I will come, I will. The doorway will glow with love and I will once again greet those in love, greet the girl standing at the threshold's blaze. Homage to the wonderful tradition of Iranian poetry, yes. And now for another one, Bell, please. Okay, and this is called War is Kind by Stephen Crane. Do not weep, maiden, for war is kind, because your lover threw wild hands towards the sky and the affrighted steed ran on alone. Do not weep, war is kind. A horse booming drums, horse booming drums of the regiment, little souls who thirst for fight. These men were born to drill and die. The unexplained glory flies above them. Great is the battle god, great, and his kingdom a field where a thousand corpses lie. Do not weep, babe, for war is kind, because your father tumbled in the yellow trenches, raged at his breast, gulped and died. Do not weep, war is kind. Swift blazing flag of the regiment, eagle with crest of red and gold, these men were born to drill and die. Point for them the virtue of slaughter, make plain to them the excellence of killing and the field where a thousand corpses lie. Mother, whose heart hung humble as a button on the bright splendid shroud of your son, do not weep. War is kind. That's great, though. War is indeed kind. Were we able to address the war once again as poets? Woof. Okay, Bill, three's a charm, brother. Okay, and um, Edna St. Vincent Millay, Recuerdo. We were very tired, we were very merry. We had gone back and forth all night on the ferry. It was bare and bright and smelled like a stable, but we looked into a fire, we leaned across a table. We lay on a hilltop underneath the moon and the whistles kept blowing and the dawn came soon. We were very tired, we were very merry. We had gone back and forth all night on the ferry and you ate an apple and I ate a pear from a dozen of each we had bought somewhere. And the sky went wan and the wind came cold and the sun rose dripping, a bucket full of gold. We were very tired, we were very merry. We had gone back and forth all night on the ferry. We hailed good morrow mother to a shawl covered head and bought a morning paper which neither of us read. And she wept, God bless you for the apples and pears. And we gave her all our money, but our subway fare. Okay, what a delight. Thank you, Bill, for picking three good poems from three very good poets. Very nice for us. You know, uh, what, they, what I used to hear in Latin America when I was down there as a journalist, actually, um, speak their name and they live. Or say their name and they live. So you have done just that tonight. Thank you. I think especially Stephen Crane is underrated, I believe. Well, in his name, we thank you for reading him tonight. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now we're going to go on to uh, poet number three, which was, was that you, Benedicta? Yes, it is. Okay. Welcome, Benedicta. Is my sound audible? Yes, it is. 
Okay. Okay, so I start the first one. It's a haiku. And I read, keynote, annotated antonym, vehement flips in stacks of the past. That's the first one. And as we do customarily with haikus. I read it again. You read it again, please. I take it again. Keynotes, annotated antonyms, vehement flips in stacks of the past. That's the first one. That's excellent. Number two, Benedicta. The second one. Playing the cards right. Mysteries upon mysteries. Mastering courage and effort. Thrills of persuasion. Besieged quests and journeys. Tax to fulfill in willpower. Endowed safe havens. Tassels with knots to unturn. That's the second one. Yes. And is that a reflection of your current work life, work life in the hospitals down there in Accra and Ghana? Yeah, it is. Because you're on the front line, sister. No, I'm not yet back. I'm still enjoying my leave. I'm yet to get back to work. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. Thanks. Okay, so uh, three's a charm, please. Okay, the third one is, I took it from Shakespeare. We're not hearing you. Do I read? Am I good to go? Now we can hear you, yes. So it's taken from Hamlet, Shakespeare's book, and I read. Why, look you now, how unworthy a thing you make of me. You would play upon me. You would seem to know my stops. You would pluck out the heart of my mystery. You would sound me from the lowest note to the top of my compass, and there is much music, excellent voice in this little organ. You cannot, you make it speak. Ziblad, do you think I am easier to be played on than a pipe? Call me what instrument you will. Though you can fret me, yet you cannot play upon me. That's about it. That's about a lot. All right. And uh, okay, so when do you go back to work, Benedicto? I told you that I was working on my transfer, so I'm here to finalize that, then I can go back to work. Are you and enjoying that'll probably, it? Okay. That'll probably be in February. By February, I'll be done with everything, so I'll be getting back to work. Okay, good for you. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for your contribution and um, stay around for the second round. I'm glad your signal is holding up tonight. Same here. Always welcome as well. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Now we're going to leave. 
the welcoming shores of West Africa, Ghana, and invite our fourth poet of the evening. And our fourth poet is... Claire. Claire Andriani from Paris. So welcome, Claire. Thank you so much. I'm going to start with a French poem. Uh, it's called, yeah, it's called Troubadour, which means a minstrel in English. Okay, a troubadour. Okay, and the troubadour tradition was started in France. Yeah, exactly. It was the poets, the, the oral tradition of poetry. And can you give us a brief description of what this will be? I suppose it's romantic. Uh, <laughs> difficult to uh, describe um, what the troubadours have within them that motivates them to actually perform. So, okay. and it's very, very abstract. So it's troubadour. La crise du jour s'ennuie et prend au vol des mauvais tours qui s'envolent, qui s'envolent et dans ce milieu des troubadours sanglants et souriants. Ils fument une cigarette et s'ennuient dans la lueur de leur jour. Une crise est née entre leurs plus belles et jeunes années et l'avenir qui se profile en transe, marquant les réminiscences de leurs plus beaux souvenirs au fer rouge. Les trois sont du cœur qui les font crier, parler au bonnet de leurs dents blanches exées. Ils sourient et bercent l'ennui dans leur peine. La rage les envahit, mais ils restent calmes au milieu du sang brûlant du plus brillant de leur nouveau jour. All right. And I'm glad this troubadour went into a trance, and he must be modern because he smoked a cigarette. He was very modern, yeah. Très bien, merci. And your second contribution, please. Yeah, my second poem is called Young Love. And it's in English. He lulls me with his sweet beard and tells me things untold. He whispers what impression he has of my body, my smile, and I listen gently caressing his cheeks. A wave of desire arises in me and my hand touches his skin as warm as burning wood. In his arms, I feel home, and he reminds me of an angel forgotten that has slowly fallen and yet entertains a relationship with the skies, smiling at him. Child of God, he floats on the invisible river of human nature, staying young, staying true to his flesh. He sings like a black swan dancing on the river on a sunny day a black spot shining with strength under the unforgiving sun, pitiless in letting see the contrast between light and between darkness, pretending that only light bears grace, but the grace of his soul echoes his flesh, young and beautiful, untouched, immaculate, like the whiteness of his thoughts. Somebody must be feeling very, very very, very flattered after that poem. I don't know if that person is going to hear it ever, ever, but um, certainly if he, if he hears it, he will be flattered. Would you like him to hear it? 
don't think so. I think I want to keep it for myself, this one. Okay. All right. Okay. So may, may we hear, ooh, intrigue. I like intrigue. Intrigue. <laughs> Can we have a threes of charm, dear Claire? I can't hear you. Uh, I was saying, I invite you to do threes of charm. Three is a charm. Uh, it's one poem I already um, performed, and it's called The Heart, A Beginning. I keep things hidden carefully, the secret of my soul. The hundred faces of white ignorance look ahead, white as stones, and they chatter, ignoring the emptiness of their souls. Language replaces the heart when it's not serving it, the mind being a master at subjugating it, but it reigns over everything that is good and bright, the heart, a beginning. Applause, Mita. No, language. Okay, language replaces the heart when it's not serving it. Here we would like to think, sometimes I would like to think of clearly that my language is serving from my heart. And you, you differ from that. Did, did, did you hear? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you well. You quoted a, a line of mine? Yeah, when, when, langu when, language, doesn't, when language doesn't represent the heart. Exactly. And here, uh, uh, you I, want me to repeat it? Um, yeah, repeat that line. Sure. Go it, ahead. Yeah. It's language replaces the heart when it's not serving it. Right. And I'm just saying, uh, I find that interesting because just speaking for myself, I would hope that my language does serve my heart. And in your poem, which is uh, quite gripping, you're saying that when it doesn't serve the heart, yeah, I'm, exp I'm trying to express that idea that, you know, when you talk for talking, <laughs> when you talk and, and there's nothing under it, there's nothing uh, below, it's not, I mean, it's, there's not, not, no sense talking, basically. If it's Understood. not serving a purpose. I understand. You've just qualified that. I understand. Okay. All right. Well, your language serves the heart, if you want my opinion. Thank you, Ralph. Well, thank you, Claire. See you in the second round. And isn't it wonderful that Claire is a native French speaker because she's a native French person and she writes in such elegant, in both languages, such elegantly, and as we've just heard in English. So I want to applaud you for that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Claire. Um, and, and now our next poet. Was that going to be Doc Janning? Yes, it is. Hello, Doctor, the Poet Laureate of South Euclid, Ohio. Yippers. Yippers. Okay, Doctor. Passages in time. Passages in time are ancient pathways 
pathways to the heart and dawn's illumination of love in the someday of hopes and dreams beyond tomorrow's shining clouds where is found the joy of infinite bliss. Beyond language, beyond the clown. All right, let's keep stepping beyond, doctor. All right, another one, please. Time travel. In the dreams of the multiverse, silent winds fly between stars as moments precede and succeed moments. They carry with them in the vastness of time, all the thoughts, hopes, and dreams of all worlds, unknowing of any difference of which is past, present, or future. All are but one, a syzygy of random instance in time's serene swirls, ebb and flow. Moments appear, then disappear in the silent mists of uncertainty, the energy of infinity and the steady state of entropy. The steady state of entropy, all right. Woo, taking, well, that's a leap. Okay, so it is, that's a leap. Uh, you know, because we, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're so used to thinking behind us, present and forward. And you're talking about how it's all re relatively, uh, what, an illusion. We're all just one present moment, yes? Yes, exactly. And why do we, okay, doctor, briefly, why does someone like me um, um, think of backwards and, and, and in the present, but let's say backwards when it's all an illusion? Uh, is there any purpose? Is there any purpose to that? I don't know if there's any purpose to to any of us or anything. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a, it's it's a it's a great existential question. It is. Okay. All right. So, can you give us three's a charm, Doc? Absolutely. Destination. We sail a treasure-laden golden ship through ancient passages and pathways of time, neath star-canopied night-bound sky on the serene, wine-dark sea of love and a shining mangata of passion. We soar midst dancing Arios dreams and sensuous songs of joy into the someday of hopes and dreams beyond tomorrow's shining clouds, destination, bliss. That is a desirable voyage, doctor. <laughs> Send some my way, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I have a lady in England who absolutely loves that one. I can understand why. Yeah, she wants me to come there and, and take her to that destination. <laughs> Whoa, well, what are you going to do, good doctor? <laughs> well, 
trying to live on Social Security alone, uh, I doubt I'll make it. Oh, it can Damn be it. done. It can Damn be it. done, Doc. <laughs> what uh, about after after the the pandemic is after the pandemic? After the there pandemic. you go. What about a GoFundMe, the Doc GoFundMe, to deliver myself <laughs> to the woman who dreams of what I write about in my dreams? There you go. Maybe that poem alone could generate sufficient money in, in, in a GoFundMe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Good or for you. Good for you, Doc, to inspire somebody uh, that way. So nice. That's so very nice. Okay, so we're going to go on now to our next poet, who I believe now we're talking to David Wilson, are we? Yes, we are. Well, yes, we are. Hello, David, and we're back to, we're back to the Bay Area in California. Greetings from San Francisco. <clears throat> chairman of the world. If I were chairman of the world, mice would not vex disco stew. Cats would patrol all Midgard and Disco Stew's farmhouse too. From warrior cat to kitty pet, no solace for the mice that roared. Be they fierce as reap-a-cheap, be they twerp or low pipsqueak. Even Frederick, the poet mouse, from the tip of his nose to the end of his tail, Ha ha, Stuart Little, cut away all paper bags. The film is nothing like the book. You are not chairman of the world, and neither am I. Alas, alack, alark, leave birds out of this. Dapper tweed-dressed mice driving roadsters or fighting battles with flashing swords of no concern to cats and universes next door. Space time for Springer's Schrodinger. Are you alive or are you dead? I like you, cat. I will call you Kim. Now go and catch those mice. Replied the cat, I will call you Lush. I will call you Sot. No, is kitten, is cat, name is Kim. And along with Orange Dudley and Tabby Cats, Max and Mo, Mama Kitty too, cat goddess dressed her soul, and Queen Silvara, regal and aloof, in the forest of Kim, all send greetings, Disco Stew. Do not be downhearted. Your mice shall soon be thwarted swatted down your home again a sea of tranquility when those mice are gone yours in jest the chairman of the world Whoa. Whoa. we're just gonna have to put you on the ballot brother <laughs> <laughs> nominated i will not write if elected. i will not serve so um this morning, I was uh, going through the old poetry shelf and I found this. This was a publication called Hyperion. It was put out in uh, Berkeley in the 70s. And this particular uh, copy, one of the contributors gave this to me 
very right at the dawn of my, uh, when I was becoming aware of myself as a poet, this definitely influenced me. You see this issue here was dedicated to the seafarer, Ezra Pound. This came out just after his death. And uh, among things in here, I had this lovely examples of, uh, there's a nice example of Ezra's handwriting, which is very, very neat. And, uh, and here's the other side of it here. So somebody transcribed those and I'm going to enter some nice pictures of the, uh, the old poet there. Uh, somebody transcribed these, I'm going to read this. Transcription of pound documents. Damnation to bureaucrats. Damn the betrayers of the national constitution. Hell take the souls of Wilson and of the flea-headed Coolidge. God damn those responsible for copyright evils, passport idiocy, red tape, Article 211 of Penal Code made by guerrillas for the further stultification of imbeciles. God damn all those who take no active part in eliminating these evils. Damn those who invade the private domain of the individual directly or by making of suffocating inequitous laws against all these maledictions and major anathema. Ezra Pound, 7 May, 1930. 8 May, Paris. Dear Judge Beals, I'd rather you framed it and hung it up in court, but perhaps it is a bit too lyric. Cordially, E. Pound. Okay, would he get, just a quick, would, would he, uh, Yosef, would he, would he be taken down today for that kind of sentiment on Facebook? <laughs> they, not every took time down, they not only took him down, but they stuck him, they stuck him in the gorilla cage in Italy. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. Each you know, the wrong side. The they, took, they took him down like crazy, of course, man. Well, I, no, no, I, okay, I was fast forwarding that if that guy, if he were to present that language today on today's leadership, would he be taken down? was almost a rhetorical question, really. Oh, I'm sorry. Because we were talking about- Of course, about... though, when uh, when Ezra was in the cage and went mad, he also began writing the cantos at that time as well. Well, they had a lot better to say than his propaganda on, on behalf of Mussolini. I'll tell yeah, you that. no, that was stupid. He was definitely a crank, cranky guy, you know? So you have another one for us. Yeah. So. I was thumbing through this and uh, uh, there's some really amazing poems in here. So, and last week I read the uh, piece, the North Beach piece. So here's a North Beach poem I found in here. This is by a poet named A.D. Winans, W-I-N-A-N-S, who I'm not familiar with their work. Winans, yes. Winans, you know that person? Yes. Okay. Uh, and it's a lot of name dropping in this poem, so. Totally, sure. For Bob Kaufman. Room full of poets, writers, philosophers, drinking the hours away at Specs Bar here 
in North Beach this cold weekend night. Vicky and the great felony artist waiting for Fairfax Alex and the midnight party. Patchen's old lady and books translated into a hundred different tongues. A table full of beatniks, memories, Old Testament prophets. Michelin, and yes, you, Bob Kaufman, come out of the evening shadows, out from beneath your safe withdrawal that makes you walk these streets no longer filled with wonder. Sitting at that table reciting Yeats, and illicit Michelin calls you a titleist. But more than one poet's ego is like the resumection here at Specs with the table running over like the Last Supper, but there is no rooster to crow his betrayal, Black Jesus of the 50s. Sitting here blinking yesterday's nightmares, a tear came to my eye, drinking tonic water in place of rye, calculated madness in the air, no place to dance rainbows buried in the alley, the old gods mixed in with the new. Your long years of silence broken, a prisoner of war come home to tell all, a prisoner of war walking the streets of North Beach, a not so pale ghost Come home to tell it all, tell it all, elicit and the tea room ball. Your dreams of America are dead. They killed them slower than any war. Your dreams of America are deader than the electricity they shot up into your head in hospital rooms where the blood ran black, not red. But tonight you are alive thin and trembling like a pale ghost, the protruding veins of your skull, working out their poetic skill, eyes dilated, lips trembling, speed freak giant come home to taunt the soldiers here at Specs. New but not so new words from the head, soft angel eyes carrying the burden of past murders on shoulders stooped from the executioner's sword. That is an accurate testimonial to what go, what went on in Specs. Yeah. I, I got Flash published in San Francisco um, by Chaba Polene uh, with the support of Jack Hirschman. And um, uh, they had me read it, Specs, and yeah. I had visited the place before because that became the poet's haunt, not Vesuvio's, which yep. Vesuvio's, you know, legendary for when Kerouac and company were at Vesuvio's. But to me, as an Easterner, looking at Vesuvio's, it was all just jocks, you know, and majorettes, and they were just pumping down brewskis with all the famous people on the walls. Well, to be fair, though, uh, Vesuvio still has cachet and people hang out there. And, and also, I mean, there were many Saturday nights where where poets and others had to brave crossing Columbus Avenue between Specs and Vesuvio. Uh, maybe that so. Could, that could be perilous. <laughs> maybe so. When I was there, everybody was like, we're going to Specs. You want to meet yeah. some more people? You go to Specs. No, that's definitely, definitely Specs is, is you go to Cafe Trieste really by day and early evening. 
And then uh, if you've had enough wine, and in that case, enough speed and other drugs, given that crowd, that was right in the poem about that. And then you go to specs. And that's where the seniors among us, where we're like holding court and, and you sat around and they went one after another, you know, and uh, it was quite memorable for me. So most recent, uh, the most recent time I was in there was uh, North Beach Festival, I guess in 19. So it was right be before the pandemic. And there was a, there were a group of, of quite destitute poets and they had a little sideboard out said the Penniless Poet Society and anybody who wanted to buy them a drink, they were right. happy to accept it. Right. Specs. All right. Yes. And uh, sorry if I misrepresented Vesuvio's. However, when I was there. Oh, no, Vesuvio's is cool, but it definitely has more of a, of a you know, touristy kind of thing. Here, yeah. Okay. Good enough. Correct me. I was a visitor. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. That was that your third? Is it three? Is it that was that was three pretty long ones. So let's move on. Because I got lost in the wonder, brother. I got lost in the wonder. Okay. Thank you very much, David, for holding up North Beach. Yes. And now we're going to move over to New York. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, we're gonna call, we're gonna call on Martin. Hello, Martin. Hi. Martin Rosick. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, it's still afternoon up uh, out here, but um, I thought I would do some uh, a little bit more personal ones. Um, last time I did the translations of Karol Havlicek Borowski and. Uh, I don't know how how much people enjoyed those, so let's try something else. Uh, the first one is called Window Seat, and this is basically an account of something that happened to me when I was on an airplane and started thinking about some of the people in my family that I had heard about and never met. Um, so the, the people mentioned here are actual people, but it doesn't really matter. Window seat. Abruptly, tears upsurge. I turn away to look below as clouds billow like snow and thoughts of those I'll never know. They are but stories from the past. They lived and loved and then were gassed. When vibrant Victor shouted Yucatan, reveling in the wild exotic sound, he didn't care if strangers frowned. What games and jokes, outrageous puns, might he have taught his daughter's sons? And what remains of Hugo, wisps of tales, the legion crossing Siberia by train, the rice, the boat back home again, the stories he might have told had he but lived till he grew old. I'll never know the sound of Frida's voice or hear her tell of Murus and his friend, how loyalty triumphs in the end. Would she, too weak to leave her bed, have graved those lines into my head? Aunt Helga smiles in sepia, arm around her brother's neck, hair neatly bobbed. She may be seven. Stay, fair moment, stay. Might she have married, born a brood of laughing cousins, loud and rude? I stare outside. Their absence is a presence, a hole as cold as a hand grasping air, falling through the clouds, tearing my hair. They, these are but stories from the past of those who lived and then were gassed. 
Um, are you reflecting on a Jewish heritage? <laughs> uh, well, it's a factual <laughs> heritage. Yes, I, I thought so. Well, uh, do, okay. How do you feel about that recalling such such a vivid past like that, to put it lightly, vivid past? Um, I mean, do the poems help you come to a sense of uh, some kind of, you know, se sense of uh, closure or, or what do those poems do with the memory of that kind of past? Um, I mean, I guess it's a way of trying to make these people live. Okay. Say their name and they live. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was one one memorable poem. May we hear another, please, Martin? Sure. This the second one. Um, I would. It was supposed to be called Daddy, but that name has been taken, and so I'm using the, the Czech translation of it, Tato. Um, and it, it's also autobiographical. <clears throat> Long yes, before because, Apollo. Yes, sorry? because you're originally Czech, are you not? Right, I was born in Prague, yeah. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Long before Apollo flew, I asked you what's behind the moon. You smiled and said that no one knew. I gasped, not even you? In 68, the tanks rolled through the ancient town where I'd been born. I cried, stop them. What could you do? Nothing, not even you. At 20, isobutane blew away half my, sorry. At 20, isobutane blew half my skin away. No one could hug me until it regrew. No one, not even you. As years like unpaid debts accrue, your love's been always freely mine, but time's accounts you can't renew. Not now, not even you. Yes, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. Another heartfelt. Okay, would you give us, as we call it, three's a charm? <laughs> the third one, I decided to go with a uh, translation because I do like translations. This is a Czech poet named Jiří Volker. He, um, died, he died before he was 24. Um, sorry, before he was 25, just when he was 24. And this is a poem, it's called Mirogoy, which is um, a famous cemetery in Zagreb. And it's his reflection on visiting this cemetery in 1922, so fairly soon after World War I. Um, it's from a collection called the the Grave Hour. I don't know. Do you want me to read it in Czech first, or not? Uh, what I would do, ask what you it, to read it. I would ask you to read it in English first and follow it in Czech. Okay. So Miragoy, the Grave Hour, in Zagreb Cemetery, Miragoy, my eyes lost sight of the sweet southern land. In Zagreb Cemetery, in my eye, only thousands of wooden crosses stand. Crosses all the same, their sameness, the same as the deaths the soldiers killed in battle die. Their arms, now of wood, bound at the wrist, grabbed and carried me. I could not resist and marched through the world with those underground ranks. 
into graves drenched in lime, each under a wilted name where only the bodies of the fallen remain. Deeper, ever deeper I sank, and each of the dead pressed against me, beseeching, grieving, and each of the dead cried, tell me, you, the still living, tell me, why have I died? Roots through blossoms can grasp the light, the dead through the living will learn why, for king, for country, for all things one can fight, but not for everything should one die. Oh, you French and Russian, Czech and German dead, into my palm you place a bequest of graves and blood. I pray over it, may it become wine and bread, revive in my fists, blossom forth, and your question, as grave and glorious as a bell, I hang in my chest as high as I can lift. By God's command, alive with the living, I will live your living question. Oh, you dead from all the fronts of the earth. Wow, 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 wow. That could, that could be written yesterday, given the ongoing slaughter of man upon man. Well, again, if only the world would listen to poets, past and present. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you. Do you find it, did, uh, one qu quick question, do you find it uh, difficult to translate from Czech into English and therefore, you know, keep the, keep the kernel and the, the intent of the Czech um, poem? Well, I find it, I mean, I've been doing it quite a bit. I've translated, uh, I don't know, probably 40, more, more than close to 50 okay. different pieces. Um, I find it challenging, but worthwhile and interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so would you like to hear the Czech original or? Yes. Yeah. So it's called Mirogoy Teshka Hodina. Na Zahrebskem Hřbitově na Mirogoy Oči se sloupla mi jižní sladká zem. Na záhřebském hřbitově tisíci křížů stojí. Ty jediné v očích svých udržel jsem. Ty kříže dřevěné, tak stejné, tak stejné, jak stejně je smrt vojáků zabitých v boji. Zdřevěné ruce spoutané v zápěstí mě dovedly urvat a daleko unesti. S armádou podzemní světem se mašíroval do hrobu politých vápnem. Nad nimiž jména zvadla a zůstala jenom těla ve válce světové padlá. Hluboko, hluboko jsem propadal a každý mrtvý se přitiskl ke mně jako hlas úpěnlivý a každý mrtvý se ptal, pověž mi živý, proč jsem umíral? Kořeny v květech mohou slunce uchopit. Mrtví v živém se doví, proč pat. Pro krále vlasti, pro vše se možne, možno se být. Ne pro všechno lze však umírat. O mrtví z Rus, Němec, Čech a Francie, v dlaně mé kladete dědictví hrobu a krve. Modlím se nad ním, ať v těstích mých ožije, Ať na chleb a na víno vzkvétá a otázku vaší těžkou a slavnou jak zvon, co možno nejvyšší v hrudí své zavěšují a rozkazu boží, božího živí s živými žít budují. 
živou otázku vaší o mrtví ze všech front světa. Wow. That was awesome listening to it in a language that I don't understand, but the way you delivered it with that brief explanation of what it's about. Thank you so much. And thank you for representing that gallant language to us. Very, very thank you for listening. And quite an achievement to translate all that work. Will you be returning to the Czech Republic? I've I visited so ever since 1989, I've been visiting quite often. Um, the last time I was there was actually with my father. My father's going to be 97 in March and is still going strong. And uh, we went with my father for actually a very um, meaningful ceremony. I don't know, have, have any of you heard about the Stolperstein? Please explain. So um, the the Stolperstein are, there's a, it's a German artist who has made the Stolperstein literally in German means stumble stone. And um, he makes, they're like cobblestones, a little bit bigger than the, the smallest ones you find in sidewalks um, with a brass top. And he engraves in them the names and, and fates of uh, Holocaust victims and puts them in the sidewalk in front of the houses where they lived. And uh, we went for a ceremony where actually all the people mentioned in, that, in the first poem I read uh, had stones laid for them. And for my father, it was very meaningful. He said, you know, it's, it's the closest he ever had to a funeral for his, his parents and his sister. And um, my mother wasn't alive, but we also had one for her father. So those so are the various in that poem. So bittersweet. Yes. So we were in Prague for that, and, and it, it was, yeah. But I've been there many times now. Okay. Uh, I enjoy it. It's a very special feeling, actually. I don't know if um, any of you have shared this kind of thing, because it's, on the one hand, I was six when I came to to America. So I grew up in America. Um, and uh, on the other hand, I grew up with my parents and my grandmother. So I, I know the language, I know the culture to some, ex to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so when I go there, I feel more, more than a tourist. I understand, you know, I can go to the theater, I can enjoy, appreciate the sense of humor and so on. Um, but on the other hand, I don't feel responsible. You know, I'm, I was acutely embarrassed because of Trump. The Czechs have a horrible president. Um, I find that funny rather than <laughs> embarrassing, you know? And that, it's not, <laughs> I don't feel responsible in the, way, in the way that you do about the place where you live. Okay. So it's a very interesting kind of relationship. All right, the joke, yeah, by the way, about the Czech president is, um, his name is Zeman. How many beers would he need to drink for his blood alcohol level to reach 0.8 promil? Anyone make a guess? <laughs> None for two weeks. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so, a little bit of the Boris Yeltsin in him, huh? Oh, no, no, no. Boris Yeltsin was much more of a statesman. <laughs> but Boris was, Boris is known to be drunk a whole lot. I know, I know, I know. Boris Yeltsin. Okay. All right. Well, okay. thank you so much. And by the way, Mervyn has been sending us messages about how he knows, shares some of the experiences in the modern day. Do you want to comment on that, Mervyn? Because he was saying, it says from Mervyn, I have spent time in Czech, in Czech and Slovakia. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, probably about 15 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I was there with the military, but um, I was writing music lyrics for uh, some of the bands. Uh, there was mm -hmm. a couple of people I met, some uh, translators that had some bands, and mm -hmm. I was writing music lyrics for them and some that they converted and uh, translated to Slovak, some they kept in English. Um, but it was the time that before uh, Slovakia became part of the EU. Mm -hmm. But during that time, I was back and forth between uh, Prague and uh, Bratislava. Right mm -hmm. So hearing the language, hearing you speak it, um, those memories came back to me. But I couldn't recall it like when I was there, then I was picking up on the language bits and pieces quite a bit. Nice. Actually, you, you may be able to help me. Um, so among my uh, translation projects are several songwriters. And I'm desperately looking for anyone who would be interested in, you know, recording their music in English. I think it's, uh, so there are two different ones. One is a a singer, songwriter, poet who, who's dead now, who um, was sort of, you might compare to Bob Dylan, except he had the voice of, let's say, Joan Baez, um, if you know what I mean, uh, has really very vivid and interesting lyrics, um, protest songwriter. And the other one is uh, from the 30s, jazz cabaret songs, which were sort of, central in, in Czechoslovak culture well, for many, yeah. many years. Because I remember going to, um, I was taken to a, uh, an underground, like a, it was a bomb shelter type place. Mm -hmm. It was like really upscale and they were playing Latin jazz there. Mm. Huh. So that kind of environment, yeah, it was, it was an amazing atmosphere. Well, mm -hmm. I would like to go to Prague just to see the bridges. You know, I've seen a pictorial book of the bridges. It's, it looks well, so right romantic. now is a good time because they're not full of tourists. <laughs> yeah, but I know why. I know why. <laughs> because one of our other um, Czech poets who's lived both in the Republic and the States uh, is back in the Czech Republic taking care of her mother. Okay, right. uh, yeah. And uh, that's Bunny. And she said that the population was basically carefree about the protective measures of COVID. And we're just basically ignoring uh, safe distance and masks. Well, that, I mean, that wasn't true in the beginning. They, you know, the, the Czech Republic w did extremely well in the first wave. The mm. people took it very seriously. There was a very serious lockdown and it worked very well. 
but then they got careless okay. and now they're doing extremely badly. Now they're doing very Okay. Badly. All right. Okay. Well, now you and Mervyn ought to share some stuff in the future here about what your common experiences are. It's nice to see that people can relate to those things, you know, to each other's voyages. Very, very nice. And uh, thank you. Okay, um, I'm the last one up, so I've got uh, three poems to read, and um, well, I'll begin. And uh, the first poem is called Numbers Game. One curious look, two eyes in orbit, three crooked teeth, four sutured scars, five fold brow, six sins repeated, seven leagues deep, eight days late, nine times ten, nine times dead, ten hundred laughs, eleven loves gone, twelve o'clock struck, thirteen state of mind, fourteen light year, fifteen unpaid, sixteen miles uphill, seventeen suns rise, Eighteen kilos of coffee, nineteen stars over Paris, twenty times overdue, twenty-one gray hairs, twenty-two stained glass windows, twenty-three broken promises, twenty-four lies, twenty-five deities, twenty-six million starving. 27 bending rolls, 28 penny whistles, 29 fallen idols, 30 years ago, 31 primordial screams, 32 degree freeze, 33 falling tears, 34 mountains to climb, 35 follies, 36 ounces of wet brain, 37,000 cigarettes, 38 cracks in my tongue, 39 women long gone, 40 voice gospel choir bleeds, 41 depression Sundays, 42 free protons, 43 full moons, 44 closed doors, 45 angles, 46 rehearsals, 47 lost memories, 48 tons of shit, 49 versions happily corrupted, 50 birthdays smear on mirror. That's uh, that one. Thank you. Now, uh, whoop! My dog keeps banging into me through this evening. I'm a pretty weighty dog. Okay, here's a poem called "You Poet." You poet, set lines of fire, spit vows of bursting, hot flash. As ideas are food for thought, I could eat your words. Drink from your well of inspiration. See through the lens of your clear vision. Suck the salt 
of your aftertaste. Lick the letters from your luscious lips and wade in the waters of your dark, wet tongue. You, poet, I trace your pen-dripped pages, ink streams bound for the sea of dreams till the end of verse time and time to ask you all again, start, start. You, poet, for you, I would throw away my books, my pen, my paper plans, lay my tomes in stepping stones and cross you over to the other side. You, poet, let's go out over the rapids, over the falls, swim to the far horizon, so far gone ourselves beyond the shadow of simile, beyond the last metaphor, where essence of it all rings in the buzz of stars, we hum. Okay, thank you for that. Now I'm going to read you a poem. Uh, oh, I can't reduce the screen. This is I was going to read you a poem by Pablo Neruda. And it's telling me as host, I can't reduce the screen. Isn't that a shame? A very big shame. It's a beautiful poem. Well, here's one that comes up. It's just simply called, um, it just it come out of the, uh, out of the pile. It's called The Closest I Come. One finger plucks your little pink nipple, another strums your quivering clit. The long one pressed to your shapely V, my breath, my breath comes to a full stop. The closest I come to playing the cello. Sleeping with you awakens me the way I go to lose my consciousness. Hum and four-part lips when last night I composed and got the archangel healer. Mercury asks, how are you? And I don't know how to answer. Hum, autumnal equinox, equally divided, equally united. This is the paradox we swim within. You pass the day through my night, I play and pray for harmony, so near, nearly complete, the closest I come to you. Thank you. Um, and, uh, I'll come up with Pablo Neruda next week. But okay, so we've had one good full round here, and uh, Mervyn had to leave because he says he has to get up early. But uh, let's take a, a few minutes pause here and um, sort of chat and check in with one another and come back in a few minutes with the second round where customarily we invite you all to read two poems or in this case, two pieces. So there we have it. So let's just I take a to, break. I, I have to take off too, uh, Mo. I get up early too. Why do you have to I work? I got a cruise as well. Hate to be a party pooper. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Can I just tell you one one little trivia fact? Sure, Martin, please. Pablo Neruda, his name is his pen name, and Neruda is actually the name of a Czech poet. Whoa. Now I knew it was a pen name, but I never knew Neruda was did he consciously I got translated. 
one of Neruda's poems. <laughs> and, and did Pablo, okay, did, did Pablo consciously identify with that Czech yeah. poet? He did. Yeah, he, he named himself after this, after Czech poet. And, and so are we- I don't know to, why. Well, I, I just want to guess that he would have put his name after um, this poet because he thought highly of that poet. Or was it just uh, sure, the phonetic sound that we hear? Hmm? No, okay. I don't know. Good night, good night everybody. See you later, Yosef. See Next everyone. Bye. Bye. See you later, Bill. See you Bye. Okay. So, whoop. Okay. So, yeah, I was just um, thinking maybe he held that poet, Neruda, in high regard. Oh, definitely. But I don't know exactly how he came to him and what aspects are. Okay. Um, Don't know about that. Okay, cool. So how are we feeling after that first round? That was a pretty thorough. <laughs> that was Angora Poets, y'all. That's how we do it. <laughs> different styles, different voices, but uh, you know, with conviction and passion. Yeah. I know one thing, after listening to Doc's poems, I think I could I could take a course on that. <laughs> Start studying. <laughs> Tripping the light fantastic like that. Would you be taking a course or, or doing an intercourse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day, every night, Doc, you don't know. I push them away. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, good. Uh, but I do have a girlfriend in Paris, in Chinatown, and she's a recent arrival uh, to France, you know, a year and a half. And I met her by ex by helping her misspoken French before a French uh, waiter, and we got to get get to know each other from there. And because of this pandemic, um, she's like, you know, like people, like, you know, we have to be careful because we're um, because not all of us have documented papers. And therefore, if any of us had to go to the hospital, we could risk deportation. That happened. Yeah, yeah. So um, that it's a very interesting situation, and and the way they get exploited by their own people. Of course, that's what groups do. That's what the what the mafia did to Italian immigrants. You know, the rent that the Chinese apartment owners and building owners charge their own immigrants and the rate of pay to immigrants to do menial labor, uh, all that comes to mind as well. Yeah. See you later, Claire. Well, Claire's leaving too. Jeez. See you later. What, Thank why? you so much. Claire, but why, are you, but why are you leaving? You're a night owl like me. He has I to get am, but tomorrow I have to wake up at something like 6.30, so. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. Well, good luck tomorrow then, Claire. Thank you. Ma, okay. I'll also be leaving soon. Oh, you will be. Oh, this is an early. Yeah. And, and what is your need, my dear? What, are you getting and up I early? To, huh? oh, Ma. I'm sorry? Is that what's my name? No, I was saying, what reason mm -hmm. need for you to need to go is what I'm saying. My battery is running low. Okay, that's a real good reason. That if we could start the second round on time. 
Well, if, now you know if how you we plug do. it in and run it on your charger, you it'll work just fine. It's not charging because my data is on. It's not charging fully. Mm. Right, but uh, but the thing is, uh, it, as long as you have it plugged into your charger, uh, you it'll draw power from the charger rather than the battery. Yes, I get what you're saying, but I'm listening to you people as well, and the.